Welcome to our podcast series from Aged Care Steps, where we explore themes on aged care advice for financial planners to build confidence and competence to provide aged care advice. This series features conversations with experts from Aged Care Steps on how aged care advice fits into compliance and ethics in an evolving landscape. We explore topics relevant to financial planners, such as the three phases of retirement, FASIA and best interest, why aged care and choosing a business model, making money from aged care advice, starting your business, and FASIA and business efficiencies. Remember to visit the Aged Care Steps website for more information. We hope you enjoy this episode. Each month, approximately 1,000 people in Australia turn 85. Older clients need advice about preparing for care needs. Younger clients need advice on helping parents to access care and funding issues. This provides an opportunity for financial advisors and other advice professionals to consider how to structure effective service propositions to provide this advice to clients. How proactive are you in raising the issues with clients? And are you business ready to provide advice when the need arises? I'm Paulette Trevina. In this podcast, I'm speaking again with Louise Beattie, the Director of Aged Care Steps, and we're exploring how to be business ready to give aged care advice. Welcome, Louise. Hi, Paulette. I think this is going to be a really interesting topic because it's probably one of the questions that advisors ask me the most about how do we be business ready. So I'm really looking forward to this one. That's great. I am too. Now, in preparing to give aged care advice, you use the term being business ready. What does that actually mean? It means being competent. So it means having the systems in place. So not just the skills and knowledge, but also business processes that when a client comes through the door, needs help with aged care, the advisor is ready to go. They know how to have that conversation. They know what service proposition they've got for the client. They know what they're going to charge the client and they've got all the resources and tools to be able to deliver that advice efficiently and effectively which today under the FASIA Code of Conduct is so important because it provides a higher duty of professionalism on us all. And we need to make sure that we are competent and efficient in all areas of advice that we're going to work in. So Louise, if a financial planner has seen the demand and they're now keen to help clients navigate the aged care system, how do they get started? Are there specific steps that they should take? Yeah, the first thing they should do is make the time and make the time today to get trained. Skills and knowledge are a cornerstone of the FASIA Code of Ethics. So in Standard 10, it says that we need to have the skills and the competency for every piece of advice that we're going to give. So get training that's going to be practical and show you how to do it, not just the theory on what the rules are. And then you're left wondering, how am I ever going to put that into an advice process? So I think that's number one key to being business ready. The next part then is to think about your business model. Do you want to be an expert in aged care advice? So if so, the level of expertise you need to develop will be quite high and the skills will be very, very specific. But you might not want to be an expert. You might want to just be proactively raising it within your own client base. 
but using either outsourcing to help you with the advice development or having the skills to bring that in-house and do it yourself. Or you might say, I know the demands out there and my clients need this help, but I don't want to be the person to give that advice. So therefore, the level of education and the business processes you put in place can be at a lower level and you focus your time on creating a relationship with somebody else who's the expert that you're going to have a referral relationship with when your clients need help. So skills and knowledge, get the training. Choose your business model. Then once you've defined your business model, you can set your service offer and that will match which one of those business models you choose. Set your pricing. How much are you going to charge clients? What's the basis on it? Are you charging on an hourly basis? Are you charging for deliverables? Are you charging on a project basis for results that you achieve? And then it's about starting the conversation. So when clients come in, how do you introduce that aged care concept frailty planning to clients at all ages in initial meetings and then in your ongoing review meetings as well? All of those components will make you business ready that can help you then meet your AFSL requirements as well as FASIA requirements and Corporations Act obligations as well. It sounds like accreditation is really important and possibly the key in getting started. Aside from the formal aspect of having accreditation, what advantages does this give to planners? You're right, accreditation is very much the key. And there are legal obligations around your skills and your training, but as I mentioned, your AFSL will also have requirements around what do you need to have done to become accredited in aged care advice and be authorised to give that advice. So the advantages of accreditation, one, gives you a ticket to play. It allows you to give that advice to be compliant under legislation and compliant under your AFSL requirements, which is also really important to being covered under your professional indemnity insurance as well. Apart from building that core competency with accreditation training, I know, for example, our accreditation workshop training that we do teaches those practical aspects. It follows through on a nine-step process for how to have better engagement with clients, how to have more effective conversations that are grounded in the everyday language that clients can understand and relate to, and also how to put it into practice. So we teach the decision-making process that an advisor would follow in developing aged care strategies. We focus on the ethical components to make sure that advisors are not putting themselves and their businesses at risk, but also to make sure that clients, and particularly the clients who are acting as enduring power of attorney for older parents, aren't putting themselves at risk either. So there's a whole range of things that our accreditation will help you with around the practical, the ethical, and the technical components of giving advice. Our accreditation can stand alone and give you recognition for the skills that you've developed in aged care. It's also been approved by many of the AFSLs out there as the base level knowledge you need to be accredited to give advice under that AFSL. 
as an added bonus, anybody who is a CFP or an AFP member of the Financial Planning Association, if they have done our accreditation, they can then also go on to apply for the FPA's Aged Care Specialist designation. And all of these things can help give you extra credibility. They can give you a logo. So we have an accreditation logo. The FPA designation has a logo. Both of those can be used for marketing, for credibility, to display to your clients and to the public that you work in aged care advice and have the skills and the competency to be able to help them. So you'll get the knowledge, you'll get the skills, but you'll also get access to recognition and competency as an expert in this area. So planners might think that they need to know everything about how their business will operate before they start and they're waiting to find time to develop their business plan. Is this a reason not to get started? You know, Paulette, I think it's probably one of the biggest barriers for many planners in actually putting their toe in the water and getting started. Because it's such a new area for many people and there are so many things to think about in being business ready with a whole new skill set of knowledge as well, that many planners find that very overwhelming. They think they need to find a block of time to be able to sit down, think about the whole business plan, formulate a detailed step-by-step process, get everything in place, know everything about aged care before they put themselves in front of a client and start the discussions. Now, If we do that, that really is going to look like a great big mountain of work and we'll never find the time. So I think the important thing for advisors is you don't need to have all the answers. So you need to have the skills and the confidence. But from there, if you've got processes and a lot of the materials and the the training that we have is around the process to help advisors know how to go about it. They don't need to have the whole structure in place, they just need to know what their aims are, what their goals are, get that accreditation and then partner with us that we have a lot of tools that can help them build their business, keep adding on to it and knowing that they've got the support of a team of experts behind them while they're still learning, developing and growing. And that's where our whole business model has been around helping advisors build that core competency, but also support in mentoring advisors, power planning to support their advice development, modeling software to make it more efficient, and a whole suite of tools that make it much simpler than advisors might otherwise think it's going to be. So pricing is obviously so important and of course making a profit is the key to a successful business. What are the factors to consider when deciding what pricing is reasonable? That's a hard question. Everybody's business model is quite different. So it does need to be a pricing that matches the business model the advisor is running. And so that's why we've developed a pricing tool in our business toolkit which enables an advisor to dissect if they are giving aged care advice, what are all the aspects that they have to do? What are all the steps they need to take? Who in their office would do those steps and that work? How long would it take? How much would it cost? 
so that they can then develop a pricing model that works for them. And we've seen historically advisors really have undervalued this area of advice and therefore they've undercharged. And when we've done surveys with advisors that we work with closely, and we always ask them what would they do differently today if they were starting out again, most of them would tell us that they would charge more. So we're really delighted to see that advisors are starting to understand the true value of what they're offering and the cost it takes to deliver that advice and starting to come to a price that's still value to clients, but enabling them to run effective business models that are profitable. Because let's face it, if your business is not profitable, you won't be here to help clients. This is strategic advice. And so largely it's about the time it takes you to deliver that advice to clients. But I think there is also a value proposition on top of that. And also to just a premium for complexity and for skill levels that you're adding into the process. So articulating that value proposition to clients is, is incredibly important to match making it a reasonable price as well. We see advisors who may charge an hourly fee, but we also see advisors that charge a project fee, which might include a certain number of deliverables, say for example, a first meeting, an advice document, a second meeting, it may include follow-ups or they might be extra add-ons. So many different business models that we can work with advisors on. Aged Care Steps has been leading the discussion for financial planners around frailty planning and the three phases of retirement. Now, we talked about those aspects in other podcasts in this series. But when we talk about an advisor being business ready, does it vary according to the stage of retirement that the client is at? I don't think so. I think the concepts that we've talked about with having the right set of skills, defining your business model, developing your service proposition, matching the pricing to that, and starting the client conversation. They are aspects regardless of what even the technical content of your advice is. So they are the same components, whether you're talking about superannuation, estate planning, or aged care. Now, when we talk about the phases of retirement, we basically divide up clients largely in that retirement phase of life into the three phases of the early active years, where aged care conversations are around setting expectations for the future, being aware of how decisions you make today, for example, on accommodation choices, might impact your ability to choose where and how you live as you progress through retirement. We then come to, so we move from the active years into the quiet years, where people then start to access aged care services and then into the frailty years where the ability to live independently is so intertwined with accessing aged care services that we can't live independently without support. You are still going to have clients in that early active phase who might have older parents or other family members that they need an immediate move into aged care. I think the key, regardless of where your clients are in retirement phase, you need to be accredited, you need to be business ready. The difference is just what level of conversation you're going to have 
and those skills around how you raise the conversation and what steps you give the client to actually implement and achieve, that's all that's different in those different phases. Okay. Now, we talked about this as well in another podcast, but I think we have to explore it again because it does seem really important in the context of getting started. How do you start the client conversation? I think the easiest way to start the conversation is just to start talking to clients. It is about asking clients what their fears are for the future. We really want to get down to how they see their life playing out, what's important to them, what's really important to them. So if I was talking to a client who was early in retirement and I wanted to start talking about aged care and frailty planning, It would be about introducing the concept of the three phases of retirement. Talk to a client about that we're going to break retirement into those three phases. We're here in the active phase and these are all the things that we want to be able to do. But as life progresses and if frailty starts to emerge, what would be important to you in those phases? So it's those sorts of questions. What would be important to you? What would you not be willing to give up? Who would be around to support you? How important would this be to you? So asking those really emotional feeling questions that can start a client on the journey of just thinking about what's important to them. So the three phases of retirement is just such a useful tool to start to broach that conversation. If you've got a client who is an older client, That's a really hard one to start having the aged care conversation. It's not great to be able to have the client come in and sit down and say, hi, Joe, great to see you. You don't look so good. Let's talk about aged care. Probably not the right way to approach it. But if you've had those conversations earlier, then it can be much easier to introduce it and say, Joe, we've been talking about the life transitions and the stages. And some of the trigger points when we might need to move into a different focus for you. Do you think we might be there at the moment? So you can raise it that way. If we haven't been having the conversation and you think it's really important to raise with the client, I think as an advisor, we need to be brave to raise them. They might be worried about it, but they're not game to raise them either because they think as soon as they say, I'm not coping, that somebody else, being the bossy kids, is going to come in and take over control. So many clients appreciate you raising that conversation with them. And we need to learn to do that in a very tactful way and being blunt. And, and if you think it's going to be a hard conversation, put that on the table. Joe, it's great that we see you today. I've noticed that there's been some changes happening for you. This might not be a conversation that you really wanted to have, but I've been doing a lot of work with my clients around aged care, keeping their independence in that later stage of their retirement. And I'd really love to explore with you what your thoughts are around this and what's important to you. So we just need to find ways of being able to put it on the table in a tactful approach. If you think it's going to be hard, say, I know this is going to be a hard conversation. You might not want to have it, but I'd really think it would be valuable for us to explore this area today. Use the three phases materials. And we've got a white paper on that and we have a range of tools. Um, And we, as you're right, we've done podcasts around the three phases as well. Gives you lots of conversation starters. 
it's most important, I think, in any aged care situation, taking control of that meeting and being specific, having an agenda, keeping your clients on track and being able to have honest conversations is the most important way to get that started. And they're skills that we can expand on and continue to learn and continue to develop as well. So don't just focus on the technical aspects, focus very much around some of those soft skills and learning how to raise those conversations, learning how to be more empathetic to our clients and being there as somebody who's non-judgmental and that they can raise all of those very hard conversations with. Well, thanks, Louise. There's so much here for financial planners who are seeking information and guidance. We'll be exploring more topics in our next podcast. That's great. I really look forward to it, Paulette. Thanks.